My name is Trip Gorman, and in this episode of SME VC, I sit down with Sebastian Cardenas, Senior Associate at Monashi's Mexico City. Prior to his current role, Sebastian spent four years at Goldman Sachs in New York as both an associate and an analyst in equities sales trading. In this episode of SME VC, we discuss differences in working at a bank in New York versus as a VC in Mexico City, Monashi's presence in Mexico City and Spanish-speaking Latin America, and how Monashi sources and analyzes deal flow. We discussed all this and more in this episode of Samia VC. Cool. Okay, Sebastian, could you start by telling the audience a bit more about your work history up to and including your current role at Monashi's? Yeah, for sure. Uh, hello, Trip. Uh, thank you for having me here. Um, really quickly, um, I'll go a little bit back. Uh, I was born in Medellin, Colombia, uh, and then I moved to the U.S. after high school. Um, I, yeah, I did undergrad at Stanford and then, uh, I started working at Goldman in sales and trading. It was called the global markets division. Uh, and I worked there for four years, uh, mostly covering institutional clients. Uh, and it was really interesting because I got to see a full cycle. Uh, I started in 2018 when the, the fed was finishing their, their hiking cycle, uh, all the way to their, through, through the COVID crash. Uh, and extremely easy monetary policy, um, and left mid-2022 when when a lot of um, the tightening that we saw last year was already like massively priced into the market. Um, so it was interesting to see. And I think also doing it at Goldman was interesting, uh, given the capital markets calendar um, they have there, you know, so um, the SPACs, the IPOs, the follow-ons, um, and also very important block trades um, there. Uh, and it was a, a really fun job. You know, I think trading is is very dynamic. It's very analytical. Um, the hours are not as intense as as investment banking, even though you do have to get there early. Uh, when I started, I started at 6 a.m., uh, which can be a little bit rough, especially in the winter in New York. Um, but yeah, I think um, four years in, I was a little bit tired of New York. It's a great place to live, but I had I had been there, done that. Um, I was also really interested in what was happening in the Latin American VC ecosystem. I have a lot of friends from home um, that that are also very entrepreneurial. That 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 are that really like to keep up with what's happening in the in the tech scene. Um, so in the pandemic, we started setting up calls with different entrepreneurs, mostly in Colombia, uh, with the Bilbaos, uh, with other rapid people. Um, and it was just so cool to be able to feel that culture, see kind of the, the passion these people had um, to build in Latin America and transform the region. So based on that, I was like, you know, I think the next thing I should do um, is venture capital. So my buddy that works at Wells Fargo sells and trading, he says he gets in at 6.30 and you said you get in at 6. So I guess that's why you guys win everything. <laughs> I mean, we I, when I started, it was 6. Later, uh, yeah, I think after I had spent a couple of years there, and I paid my dues, I was able to get in a, a little bit later. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. So could um, you tell the audience a bit more about the history of Monashis and what sets you apart and why you work there and, and everything about that? Yeah. So I think just to, just to tie kind of the, the part of the, of the work history into, into Monashis, right? I think I started um, recruiting for, for VCs in the U.S. with a LATAM angle to do LATAM. Uh, and then I got a call for Monashis, actually through a friend in common. Uh, they were opening their Mexico office, and I was like, okay, this is my my golden ticket to to Latam. And I think uh, I'll, I'll share a bit about your your question about Monashis. Um, yeah, and I think I, I'd like to add that I've been only here for just under eleven months, so a lot of it I I was very lucky to 
to be able to to jump into the ship. That's that's already going pretty well. But the story of Monashis, how best told by by Eric and Paulio, the co-founders, is that they started in in 2005 and they had big conviction in the region um, that it was a region of fertile ground for venture capital. Um, so they're pretty much the the pioneer venture capital um, in the region, like Silicon Valley style. And they even say that they might have started a little bit too early because the, for the first five years, nothing really happened. They tried to incubate everything and, and there was just not a lot going on. And in 2010, it really started to happen. But but it was also important for them to be there from the start because, um, yeah, and they knew it was going to take time. They knew like, hey, look, this is going to be a bet that's going to pay off. It might take a little bit of time, uh, but we have high conviction that, that it's going to happen. Um, yeah, and I think it was a Brazilian venture capital fund for for the first 10 years. And let's call it that experiment that that went really well. A lot of really interesting investments. Um, a lot of the first investments by the major US VC funds in the region were alongside us in our portfolio companies. So we became an important partner for them and built really important relationships from the start. 2016 was was really cool for Monashis because it was the first investment, the first like large investment outside of Brazil which was the seed round of Rappi in Colombia. And after that, of course, a lot of investments in Colombia and the rest of Spanish-speaking Latam. Uh, and I think that the other major step in for Monashis was opening their first office outside of Sao Paulo, which we opened last year and which I was hired for. Uh, the office is led by Paula Quinzanos, a principal here. She's, she's awesome. Um, and, and me and the investment team, and we have another person uh, in community. But yeah, we're really excited to, to also have a, a, an office in Spanish-speaking Latam uh, and really be able to cover the region more holistically. Very exciting. Thank you for that whole background. So I want to I ask, what does it mean to be a senior associate at Monashis? What does that role entail and how do you spend your time? Yeah, <laughs> so I think um, it's, it's, it's very similar to, to other VC funds, right? Um, I think we, 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 we are a relatively flat organization, I would say. Um, everyone's always kind of rowing uh, and filling in wherever it's, it's most useful. Um, I think we, we have a very good deal flow engine built, I would say. Um, and I didn't build it, but, but we're very lucky to have that through, through our network of, of entrepreneurs. Um, and yeah, our, our broad network that, that we're able to get a good deal flow, but we're relentless about being able to to never miss a deal. Uh, so we never take that for granted. I think we everyone wakes up every morning uh, just fearful of missing a deal, you know, or not knowing something that, that something's happening. And I think that that happens across the organization, but it's also a big part um, of my role, especially in, in Mexico. Um, I think as a senior associate, you also have an important, um, an important role in the deal making. Um, Really making sure that that it, that everything is done correctly, that we're doing the thorough analysis, that we're getting all the correct work done, work done to to make it happen. And it's also cool because it's also um, a role where I also get to participate in LP meetings, talk to LPs, um, as more, more of as a junior member, um, and also in some investment committees, uh, especially in the deals we're bringing. Um, so so I get to see a lot of what's going on in the organization. Sometimes as a more senior person in, in a particular task and sometimes is a more um, junior person in a particular task. And so you mentioned your time in New York and then now your time in Mexico City. Moving from Goldman Sachs in New York to venture capital in Mexico City must have been quite the shift. 
Can you talk about some of the differences you you noticed during this transition, like culturally, work-wise? You're probably not waking up at 5 a.m. anymore. And you know, how did your previous experience play into your current role in VC? Yeah. So I think uh, the big thing that's that's very similar between both roles is that they're both very heavily relationship-driven roles. Um, and and I think that's that's really interesting, right? Like at the end of the day, I would say like yeah, like relationship and analytical. So I think from that perspective, there's a lot of soft skills that play into both. And obviously both are, are, are finance roles. So uh, you have to be familiar with, with yeah, with, with, with the terms of, of the general finance world. Um, I think what was interesting at, at Goldman is that, um, especially during COVID, we, we did so many things in, in tech IPOs and SPACs. Uh, covering growth investors is, is something I, I did specifically. I cannot mention which one specifically uh, in, in, in a public interview, uh, but a lot of like the top growth funds in the world, I, I had the chance of, of covering and speaking with. So I think through those interactions, I also got a big sense of what was going on and in the growth VC um, landscape. But it was a massive difference, you know, like being able to, 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 to come to Mexico uh, yeah, it's it's a very different lifestyle. Like it's always warm and sunny here, uh, and and I love it. You know, I think uh, being able to feel the 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 people in Latin America, the energy of Latin America, something that's always been very special to me, something it's uh, that I've always been very mission aligned with. Um, so I think for me, I just wake up every day here uh, with a way larger sense of purpose than I probably did at Goldman, even though I I love that job. It was it was a really cool job. Um, and I think the final thing I'll add is that. Um, yeah, I think I'm I'm way more impressed by the people in my team here at Monashis than than probably a lot of people I worked with at Goldman Sachs, which might sound uh, a little bit shocking to 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 many people, but but it's really cool to be able to come to Latin America and see the quality of of the people uh, that are in the ecosystem here. Um, so yeah, I I think that that was really surprising, like really really being able to see like wow, I'm I'm really really impressed by a lot of folks that I'm interacting with on a day-to-day here um, in Latin America. I like that. And Samia VC only hit 100 subscribers just now. So nobody in New York will ever see this. So you don't have to worry that any of your Goldman peers will ever see it. Oh, by the way, there's a lot of smart people in Goldman. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I would just say like the average person and and some of the people I look up the most to, um, holistically speaking, are, are people in Latin America, people I work with today. I really like it. And so so one of the components of the, the one of the groups you're working with are the founders. So can you speak a little bit more about your approach to working with founders and how you and Monashi support them beyond just giving capital? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think something that's, that's, that's really interesting is um, the, the interesting of how VC scales, of, of how VC firms scale. So we're very lucky to be able to have an organization of 33 people today. Um, which not only includes the investment team, uh, but we also have a network services team, which includes uh, recruiting uh, people, which is essentially like we have a fractional CHRO for companies so they can decide how to create like organizational charts. And her name is Alini Stevies. She, she worked in Twandar for a while and like extremely experienced, super, super senior person. Um, also talks about culture, you know, so, so we provide a lot of help from, from that perspective. Uh, we also have an operating officer who's Guto Araujo, um, who was actually a portfolio founder before, uh, which is a company called Elosechi, which was the Etsy of Brazil that actually sold to Etsy. Uh, and after it sold to Etsy, he came to work at Monashis, and he's a product and tech genius. Um, 
So companies also have him as a resource. I think one thing that's really cool about Monashi is, is that uh, we never force people to to meet with with Guto or with Aline. You know, it's more hey, look here are the resources if you want them. But if you if your style is a little bit more independent, we'll also give you that the ability to do that. Um, we also have a very large, uh, or not not very large, but very uh, robust uh, community team creating events, connecting founders, um, setting up like speaker series on particular um, topics that are very relevant for today's um, ecosystem. And I think what's what's most interesting is the experience of of the partnership and the investment team, right? Like Eric has been doing this for eighteen years. This year is going to be eighteen years. So we call it, it this year. Monashis is going to be an adult, so to speak, and that's that's what uh, Eric mentions. Carlo has been there from the start. Um, Marcelo and Car Caio had been have been there for for ten years and fourteen years, respectively, maybe even a little bit more. Um, and I think what's interesting is that uh, like VC is really a game where even if you read all the textbooks and everything, like experience matters a ton. And they have seen all types of rounds, punitive, non-punitive, pay-to-plays, like happen. They've seen all sorts, like, like they've, they've seen it all, right? They've, they've lived through it all. Um, and I think the experience they bring to founders is tremendous, you know? Uh, yeah, they, they're very knowledgeable about the industry, but, but there's just things that like sometimes the insights they bring into conversations from their prior experiences are things that like uh, are just impossible to learn and you have to do it. So I think there's a lot, also a lot of value uh, in the history of the organization and the tenure uh, of very senior members of the team. Um, but yeah, I think at the end of the day, what we really like to say is that uh, the best way to figure out kind of the value that Monashis can bring to the table is by talking to founders themselves. Um, yeah, and and we, we think they have really good things to say about us. I love it. And so... And it was part, it was part of my due diligence, due diligence process before before coming into this role. And I have to say, I was extremely impressed with what I heard. Exciting. And so now I want to discuss some, some more investment-focused questions. And this is a minefield every time I ask an investor this because the other ones will get jealous, but obviously they won't watch this. Can you share one investment that you're particularly proud of and why? Yeah. So um, I will say the, the caveat that since I joined, we haven't announced any investments or investments that I have been a part of. So there's, there's a few that will be coming out that uh, I I am excited about, very, very excited about. I think, yeah, one of the most exciting companies there. Um, I think one company that that I think is is really interesting is uh, Vamo, uh, which used to be called Leoparda Electric, uh, which is a swappable battery network uh, for courier drivers in Brazil for, for, for motorcycles. Um, so I think it's interesting because you, you have all the climatech angle, right? Um, which is very important in the region. And you also have um, the important tailwinds of the gig economy in Latin America. And you actually have a model that is, is economically better for, for, for these people and can drive a lot of efficiency. Um, so I think that that one is one that is a little bit different uh, and, and also just, just extremely exciting. I think it is too. And I don't mind the name change either. Do you have a specific sector that you're particularly interested in right now? Yeah, so so it's been interesting because Fabiola, um, who is my 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 boss and, and the principal, the person who leads the the office here in Mexico, she she did her MBA at Stanford and she also did a master's in sustainability. So 
when she got to Manashi, she actually started working on a climate tech thesis. So my first week in Manashi, she was like, hey, look, this is what I'm working on. Do you want to help me out? And I was like, okay, let's do it. Um, so I started looking a lot into climate tech, something I didn't really know a ton about. Um, and I'm extremely excited about things that can happen in, in, in climate tech in the region. Um, I think it's, it's truly fertile ground. Uh, for climate tech here, of course, it's a little bit tricky. Sometimes a lot of models are, are asset heavy, but I think it's also a region where um, you can almost look at other regions and see and predict with very good accuracy what's going to happen in LATAM. You know, usually things happen like regulation and innovation happens in Europe, then in the US, and then later it comes to LATAM. Um, so, so I think there's very good um, ways to see what's going to come, come into LATAM, you know, and I think um, here, A, we have a ton of different resources, and then you also have like a lot of different uh, environmental issues, right? Like air quality in a lot of the major Latin American cities is is a big problem. Um, and I think that governments here are going to have to start uh, taking climate tech and environment, the environment way more seriously um, going forward. So there's going to be a lot of very interesting catalysts in the years to come. Yeah, we're talking air quality. And I was excited to go from Mexico City to New York, and New York had the worst air quality. So it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> no part of the game. Yeah. But uh, I'd, like, yeah. I'd like to ask, what is the best part of your job and why? It's a lot of fun parts. Um, but I'll, I'll give the generic answer, but, but I think it's, it's, it, it is truly the best. I think being able to, to, to get to know, like, on a personal basis, what, um, like the most intelligent people and driven people in the region, region are building and the ideas in their heads is, is just an incredible experience. You know, I think just, just having conversations with entrepreneurs is, is always super, super interesting um, to see. Uh, I think at, at Monashies, we also have the, like being at Monashies, I also have the, the, the luck of being a board observer in many roles. Um, and we're lucky that, that many of our portfolio companies have amazing cap tables with amazing investors around the world uh, and being able to, to also listen to the perspective of those guys, uh, how they're seeing the macro, how they're seeing the, the different markets play out, how they're seeing different industries and um, the insights they bring to the companies is, is also something that, that is really enjoyable and, and a mini MBA in and of itself. And can you tell a little bit more? So you said... Monashi started in Sao Paulo. They've recently started to expand in Mexico City. Could you tell us a little bit more about you know, the focus of this Mexico City office and, and what's happening there? Yeah. So, so I, I would add that uh, like Monashi has been investing in LATAM since 2016, as I mentioned. Um, and I think initially, like given we invested in Rappi and a lot of companies in Colombia, we're always very connected there. Um, but I think what's what's been cool in Latin America is that Every year you see things happening in, in different countries. Um, so I think there was a moment where, where the team realized that doing everything from Brazil was going to be a little bit hard. So that's why the Mexico office is here, you know. Um, I think Mexico is a really cool geography. I think um, I'm Colombian and, and I don't say this, uh, I, I don't think with a major bias, but I would think that the ecosystem today is probably a little bit more advanced in Colombia. Um, than Mexico, but but Mexico is still like the most important market, right? So like a lot of companies that that grow up in Colombia today uh, eventually have to come to Mexico. So Mexico ends up being the best place to be as a VC. If you have to pick one place in Spanish speaking Latin, um, cover the the entire region. Uh, and I think that's that's the main focus, you know, really making sure like like really uh, 
be like making monashis a Latin American fund. Like we are, right? But like really polishing that, right? Like not not only having the Brazilian team, but also having people that are Spanish speaking is 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 really important and and really helps us be way more connected and plugged into what's happening in the Spanish speaking Latin world. What's cool is that everyone in Monashis is learning Spanish. Uh, and we're all learning Portuguese, so everyone in the organization, every single person, uh, is, uh, is, is, is the hope is that everyone's trilingual. Uh, and I think that has to do with our culture uh, of being a Latin American fund. I think the other cool part of the Mexico City office is our proximity to the U.S. Um, we, we are very focused on LATAM, but we also invest in Latin American founders that are globally minded, so some Latin American founders abroad. Um, so from the Mexico City office, we we also keep like a very close relationship um, with those folks, with the universities, um, and and that's also really cool um, to be able to have a little bit of the, the closer connection to the U.S. And of course, the folks the folks in Brazil as well. But sometimes it's a little bit easier for us geographically to go to events in Miami, California, etc. You know, Brazil is an amazing place, but it's just far from everything. Mm-hmm. It certainly is. And uh, so you hinted a little bit about. The, the process of kind of sourcing deal flow and making sure your coverage is as big as possible. How does Monashi source deal flow and what does your due diligence process look like and how do you evaluate potential investments? Yeah, so I think deal flow, um, like as I mentioned, we are relentless about making sure that, that we have a good, we have like the usual um, LinkedIn scraper. We have events at, at the major universities uh, at least times a year to make sure that we're connected with the right people. We're having calls with, with we actually did a, a project where we map the most important hubs of where entrepreneurs are coming from. And we are extremely intentional about making sure that we're talking to each of those different hubs um, kind of on, on, on the daily and that we're never, that, that a lot of, that, that we never have a lot of time without kind of touching base with one of those folks. Um, and also having 92 active portfolio companies and I think over 120 investments. It's also really helpful. A lot of deal flow just comes um, from those connections we've built and, and those true, like deep connections we've built with with the founders we've worked with in the past. Um, yeah, so so I would say it's, it's it's well built, but it's something that that we are relentless about. Um, and in terms of um, like due diligence, I think it's also very relationship driven. Of course, we do the usual research. You go to Google, but I think where where you could really find value and is by being able to speak to people that have worked directly with the founders. You know, we're we're very human, <laughs> human driven um, here at Monashis. So so founders is really important, and and like our network allows us to really um, get to know who we're working with from all different angles, um, and also just like expert calls, uh, industry experts. That's that's a big part of our of our of our diligence process. That also comes with the Rolodex connections and experience a lot of the partners I've had here. Um, I think the rest is, is, is it's pretty it's pretty generic. Of course, you know, we build the model. Uh, we have we spend a lot of time with the team, you know. Uh, sometimes sometimes yeah we, we try to give like angles like different kind of angles or colors or flavors to calls. Um, but the biggest excuse is for us to really be able to spend a lot of time with the team and vice versa. I think what we try to do in the process is also uh, have a process where founders can learn a little bit about how we work. Um, about the questions we ask, uh, the way we add value, um, about our, 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 our value as a partner. 
Um, so I think we're also very intentional about that. So yeah, like there's, <laughs> I won't dive into the details, but there's a point in the process where we intentionally connect like, the founders with other founders in our portfolio uh, in relevant industries or sectors. Um, and yeah, and we have a process where, where we can do it without, with all the time, right? Which has been my experience for most deals since I joined, which when um, industry hasn't been that rushed, so to speak, from what I hear in 2021, it was crazy. Oh, they, the founders have an opportunity to meet, meet a lot of people in the team. Um, so yeah, we also try to make it kind of both ways. Okay. Okay. So finally, I have to ask Peter Thiel's famous contrarian question with uniquely Samia VC twist. What important truth about Latin America do very few people agree with you on? I figured you were going to ask this question based on previous interviews. So I gave it some, some thought. Um, I have two answers. The first one, FX will be a massive tailwind for the region. You know, it's really interesting because we have a lot of conversations with funds that are tiptoeing or like trying to see if they make their first investment in Latam. And they're like, you know, it's really hard to get comfortable with valuations because of currency depreciation. I have to make that in. It's a big risk. I have to be very conservative on price and they wouldn't be able to close any deals. Well, I think FX is actually going to be a massive tailwind, especially in the Mexican peso and the Brazilian rei, um, especially in the short term. I'm a big macro guy, and I would say this is a high conviction call. Um, and then the, the, the second one is that um, I think Latin America today has companies and entrepreneurs that are leading uh, in, their, in their kind of field globally, you know? I think initially we had X for Latam, and I think that's that's perfectly fine, perfectly valid. Like those, a lot of those businesses are solving really important pain points. Uh, but but the other thing is that like today there are people creating like global innovations from Latam, uh, and that will only continue to grow. And I think that's something that's incredibly exciting for the region. Two great answers. First one, very Goldman, but I'll take it. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the Sami VC podcast today. I very much appreciate your time. Thank you, Trip. Have a good one. Thank you for watching this episode of Samia VC. Make sure to like and subscribe wherever you view the podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Gorman Trip. And be sure to check out our newsletter, DealFlow LA, which can be found by going to dealflow.la.